Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Jacqueline Sun. I'm a fellow Virgo moon reminding you to prioritize play and fun in your life, even if you're going through those moments of deep healing. I'm so excited to chat more with you glow baddies soon. I'll see you in the episode. Hello, queens. Welcome to Glow Radio. Today, I'm going to have a business chat with you guys. I'm going to chat about how your ideal client can change as you grow your business and most likely will change. I'm going to share my personal story about how my ideal client has changed over time as I've worked with more clients and just as I've discovered more about myself through doing my business, through diving into my natal chart, and through experiencing trial and error in life. I'm also going to share with you guys how I dive into my own natal chart to gain clarity, to gain clarity on what next steps I can take in my business, in my career, and in my life in general. So let's dive into the topic. So your ideal client can change as you grow your business. I feel like I'm currently learning how to attract more soulmate clients. I feel like this has been a topic that's on the top of my mind lately, and I've been gaining a lot of frustration through this process, just like learning which types of clients I want to work with and learning which types of clients I don't want to work with. I was listening to a podcast yesterday by the manifestation babe, Catherine, and she was speaking to, I think her name was Serena, who is a trauma-informed coach who helps you overcome financial trauma. And I was like, wow, this spoke to me so, so much. I feel like this is something that I definitely want to dive into more because I do feel like I have some trauma around finances and money since anxiety does pop up for me around that topic, especially because right now I'm honestly doing completely fine. My business is kickstarting. It's off to a great start. It's not where I want it to be yet, but everything is going well, yet a lot of anxieties have been coming up for me. So definitely something I want to dive into more. But the reason I brought it up is because Serena says something in her free coaching. It's a free training video that I watched, and I feel like it spoke to me a lot. What she said was, it can be really challenging being an entrepreneur in the beginning, because especially one who is on social media building an online business, because a lot of the times, the haters and the people who are not your ideal clients are a lot louder than your soulmate clients. Because sometimes a lot of our soulmate clients, they scroll through social media, but they might not necessarily engage or leave a comment or DM you. It's usually the people who are not your ideal client speaking to you louder than the ones who who you do want to work with. And I truly, truly felt that. So that's kind of what inspired me to do this podcast and share with you how my ideal client has changed over time. So I only recently started my business at the end of July of last year 2021 after purchasing a four-figure coaching program or four-figure course for new coaches 
And it helped me discover my ideal client at that time, at the start. So in the beginning, I wanted to be a dating coach. And I thought I wanted to work with single women who are into spirituality and astrology and all that kind of stuff. Basically, single women who were ready to start dating and who were ready to start manifesting their soulmate. Because that is something that I personally went through. I manifested my soulmate in less than three months after leaving a toxic 13-year relationship. So that's who I started working with in the beginning. That's how I marketed my programs. That's how I got my first few beta clients, my first few free clients that I worked with to gain experience. And the course I took, it was by Vanessa Lau. It was the Boss Graham Academy. And I do feel like it helped me a lot in starting my journey, but I feel like I'm at a point now where I'm ready to enter the next level and that course is not able to meet all my needs that I need right now, which is completely okay. I feel like this is something that I've learned in the last few years is that you can't expect one relationship to meet all of your needs. And in the same way, you can't expect one coach, one mentor to meet all your needs. You can't expect your partner to meet all your needs. You can't expect one friend to meet all your needs. It's important to have a variety of relationships. We definitely need community to thrive in this lifetime. So I feel like I've moved on from that course now and I have dove into other types of mentorships. I've invested in a therapist. I was working with an anxiety coach for a little bit. I found other marketing courses and marketing mentors to learn from. So in the beginning, I was working with single women who were ready to date and who were spiritual. And I feel like that worked out for me in the beginning because that was where I was at. I attracted some clients. I worked with them. I had a great time. But then I worked with this one client who really made me shift my perspective. And it helped me to expand my mind a bit and not be too narrow-minded. So A lot of the business courses and mentors, they teach you to niche down. And I do feel like there's some truth in that and it can be helpful, but I'm someone who doesn't like to be limited. You know, it it doesn't make me feel good to be so narrow-minded and I feel like my human design chart and my astrology reflects this. I am a non-specific manifester in my human design. And you can find that out by looking at your bottom right arrow in your human design chart. If yours is pointing to the right, like mine, you are a non-specific manifester. If it's pointing to the left, then you are more of a specific type. So you might be someone who does better with more strategic planning and such. But I'm someone who does not do well with that. So while I do feel like you still need to have some strategies in place in order to attract your ideal client, it's okay for you to shift and pivot as your business grows. But don't let your fear of not attracting the right client or your fear of not having the perfect niche stop you from moving forward. Because I needed to take those steps, I needed to make those mistakes in order to realize what my ideal client is. So I worked with this one client who I took on. She was not single at the time, and she just wanted to manifest more love and abundance in her relationship. And she was open to 
a different relationship as well, meaning she was open to leaving her current relationship if it wasn't the right one for her. And I thought this was very interesting. It wasn't my quote-unquote ideal client at the time because I had told, told myself that I wanted to work with single women only. But I realized that this girl was asking me for help and she seemed like the type of person that I wanted to work with and which actually turned out to be a really awesome client of mine. I feel like we really got along and I had a lot of fun coaching her. So she really made me shift my mindset because I was like, I'm able to help someone who is in a relationship, yet I thought that this wouldn't be my ideal client. And I didn't know until I experimented. And she really made me realize that I was feeling really lit up. And that's so important for me as a generator in human design. Like it's really important for generators to only say yes to things that truly light them up. And if it feels like a maybe, if there's some hesitation, then it's a no. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. So after working with her, it made me realize, hey, I feel like I could expand myself a bit more here. I feel like she was one of the most ideal clients for me after working with all my uh, clients that I had. So I was like, what is here for me? I realized that I wanted to expand my offering to not only helping people who are wanting to date, but people who or women who are interested in manifesting more love and abundance. It doesn't matter if they're in a relationship or not in a relationship. And I want to work with newer entrepreneurs because another thing that she brought to my attention was that she's been thinking about becoming an entrepreneur. And I felt like when she said that, I felt so lit up because that's one of the things that I love helping people with the most is getting their ideas off the ground and becoming a reality. So I moved on from just coaching single women who are spiritual and I moved forward now to working with new entrepreneurs, also entrepreneurs who are a bit rebellious because that's someone like me. I am rebellious. I hate following rules. I hate following routine. And I was like, why? Like, basically, my ideal client is someone who is similar to me. So I feel like it's changed so many times as I've started my business. And I just wanted to share that with you guys because you can't expect what you start with in your business to be like the forever thing. And I feel like I teach this in my programs and my coaching programs with my clients who are dating as well. Like the first person you go on a date with doesn't need to be the person you stay in a relationship with. I find that I see a lot of people settling in relationships that they don't really want to be in because they don't want to put in the effort to continue dating. They're like just sick of dating. They don't want to put in the effort. They feel like it takes too much time. And that's why they're like, okay, the first person that seems about okay for me, I'm going to stick with them. And I'm like, that is the worst fucking thing you could do. Like, why would you want to settle for someone you're not completely like happy with? Like your life is meant to be a life of passion. And also in terms of business too, I feel like this is a lesson that I constantly have to tell myself that. What you start with in your business doesn't need to be something that you stay attached to. 
I feel like this is something that I've learned a lot throughout my entrepreneur journey. Like in the past, I started many, many businesses. And then during a point in time, there would be certain signs that the universe was giving me telling me that, hey, maybe this business is not the right one for you anymore. Or maybe there's something you can pivot and adjust in your journey so that you can be more aligned with your higher self. But I feel like a trauma of mine is that I really get attached to certain ideas or I feel like if I start something, I need to follow through with it. And I'm overcommitted in a sense where I don't allow myself to pivot or to change or to adjust. And I truly feel like that trauma comes up from my upbringing. That trauma response that I have is because I felt like I had a lot of instability in my upbringing. My parents, my mom especially, her mood was very inconsistent, leading to me really wanting a sense of stability And I feel like that's how this trauma showed up in my journey as an entrepreneur, leading to me feeling like I needed to take control and I needed to create stability for myself, leading to me being a bit stubborn and leading to me going around in these circles for years and years and years for over a decade until now when I finally learned to let go of attachment. And I'm not saying it's a breeze now, it's still definitely a struggle, but I'm but since being more aware of it, I'm learning to practice and to be more gentle with myself when I make mistakes and and just keep moving forward even when it feels like super tough and super challenging. So after I've switched up my ideal client at the moment. I realized why I was feeling so frustrated in my journey. So also in my human design, we have a signature theme and a non a not self theme. So the not self theme is an emotion that you can feel when you are not aligned with your higher self. For me as a generator, that feeling is frustration. So whenever I catch myself feeling frustrated, I know that there's something I'm doing that I'm not supposed to be doing, or I'm doing something that is going against myself, that is not aligned with my higher self, and I'm not listening to my intuition, and that is why I'm feeling frustrated. So one of my main frustrations is on social media when a lot of people ask me questions, and questions that are really annoying to me. As an astrologer, in social media, I'll have a ton of DMs, a ton of comments asking me, oh, what does this placement mean? Or can I send you my chart? And those types of questions have been really frustrating to me, really annoying to me, because it's not that I don't want to help you, but in my mind, I'm like, why don't you just Google it? Like literally Google has so many articles about this stuff. And if that's not enough for you, then purchase a reading from an astrologer. It doesn't even have to be by me. Literally go to any astrologer that you feel like is a good fit for you. Get a reading and they will answer all your questions. I feel like there's a few reasons for this frustration. I can't even talk today. I think it's pre-Mercury retrograde shadow period right now and my, my words are stumbling. But So a few reasons about this frustration that I've discovered through looking at my astrology and my human design. 
So as a generator, my strategy in life is to respond. So I naturally want to respond to everything. So when people are asking me questions, I really want to respond to them because that is my strategy. But a lesson I feel like for myself and probably for other generators too is to learn that you don't need to respond to everything. I don't need to respond to things that don't light me up and I don't need to help everyone. I feel like being a Virgo moon, a Virgo rising, like Virgos are the sign of service. They're the sign that wants to help people. They want to give their advice. And that's what I want to do. Like I love giving advice. I love mentoring. I love coaching. And that's why I do what I do. But when I overextend, overextend myself and give my energy to these people that aren't really worth my time, it's taking away my energy from doing more important things. It's taking away my energy from my priorities. So that's the reason why it's frustrating for me as a generator. Another reason is that in my chart, I have Mars in my sixth house. So the sixth house is ruled by Virgo, and it's a house of our day-to-day responsibilities, our routines, our work, our health. And I find that wherever Mars is in your chart, it can tell us more about where you can have more irritation, more frustration, more impatience, and just more anger because Mars is the planet of aggression. And Mars rules Aries. It is the traditional ruler of Scorpio. So these signs can be more impatient, irritable. So I feel like that energy is really reflected in my life. Like I find myself getting irritated at my day-to-day things, at these dumb comments, at, at these stupid DMs, and I'm letting them affect me too much. So that's how I use my astrology chart to highlight areas where I can do more healing in. It's really important to remember that our astrology chart doesn't dictate our lives. Our choices do. And I truly use astrology to highlight areas where we might need more healing in and to really honor the season that we are in. I do not use astrology to predict the future. And I feel like I've been saying this a lot on my Instagram lately because I really want to get that message out there like that is not what I do as an astrologer I don't predict the future I use it to maybe anticipate certain patterns or cycles that might come up but ultimately I use it as a healing tool if you're a rebellious new entrepreneur and a queen who wants to manifest your dream relationship or your dream business, then I would love to work with you. I invite you to apply for my one-on-one coaching program and to book a free assessment call with me. During this call, I will learn more about your situation and see how I could specifically guide you on how to attract more abundance. Click the link in my description to book your free call now. So after I... I adjusted my ideal client. I realized that I was frustrated because the way the energy that I'm putting behind my content when I'm speaking on social media was directed to the wrong clients. I was directing my messages towards like convincing people who are not my ideal client 
Whereas why don't I just focus my energy on speaking to my ideal client directly? And I thought it was so funny because I feel like these are things that I teach my clients, but it took me a while to kind of learn that lesson myself. I really had to like learn my own program basically because in my in my coaching program when I'm working with clients who are dating and who are creating an online profile to attract healthier matches, I teach them to think of their ideal match, their ideal partner, and then to create a profile that speaks to that person directly. Like literally think like you're speaking to them and that's the energy that you want to put behind your profile. And I was like, wow, I really need to learn my own lesson because that's literally what I needed to do. I I feel like it was like it came to me one night just before I was going to bed. And I was like, wow, I really just need to speak to my ideal client. I need to stop focusing my energy on convincing people who are not my ideal client, whereas I I could just speak to the person that I actually want to work with. And I feel like this kind of relates to the law of attraction. Like in the book with Abraham Hicks, Esther Hicks talks about how you need to focus your energy on what you do want to attract in your life. And I feel like that book, the Law of Attraction book, I kind of have mixed feelings about it because some of the strategies I feel like are a bit simple, but like humans are complicated creatures. So not everything works. But I feel like this one part where she was saying to focus your energy on the things that you do want to attract instead of focusing your energy on what you don't want. So I think that's that's the shift that I needed to make exactly in my life. So I want to talk a bit about how I look in my natal chart to gain more clarity and to see what my next uh, next step could be. So there's a few things I look for in my chart. I look at my second house because the second house tells us more about how we can make money and how we like to spend our money. It can tell us more about our sense of self-worth and our attitude towards our possessions. So my second house is in Virgo and my second house is empty, meaning I don't have any planets in there. So in order to interpret an empty house, you want to look at the sign that is in there. My sign is Virgo, and you want to find out the planetary ruler of that sign. So the ruler of Virgo is Mercury. And then you want to see where that planet sits in your house. So in my chart, I have Mercury in my eighth house. So the eighth house is ruled by Scorpio. And the eighth house is all about other people's resources, other people's money. It's also about deep transformation. It's about rebirth. It's about sex. It's about the occult, spiritual things, the darkness, the mystery. So because my second house is in Virgo and my Mercury is in the eighth house, when I use my intuition to combine all of these things together, I was like, I think I can make money or I think the way that I make money best is through sharing my own transformation since the eighth house is about transformation and also about maybe managing other people's money or teaching other people how to use their resources, which I feel like is a way that 
I've been conducting my business, you know, being a coach for new rebellious entrepreneurs who want to start building a business. That's me helping them or guiding them on how to use their resources. So that's an area where you can look at to see more about how you can make money in this life. Another placement I I look at is the midheaven. So my midheaven is in Taurus and my 10th house is also empty. So the 10th house has to do with our career, our reputation, our authority and legacy. So Taurus is in my 10th house and Taurus is ruled by Venus. When I look at my chart, Venus is in my 7th house. The 7th house is about one-on-one relationships, partnerships, pleasure. The 7th house is ruled by Libra. So when I combined those things together, I was like completely like shook when I realized this because I was like me being a dating coach for my career is actually very in line with my natal chart because my Venus is in my seventh house, the house of relationships. So I think my reputation in this life is about helping people with their relationships, with their dating And I found that that was just like completely mind-blowing to me when I realized that. And I was like, how come I didn't see this before? (laughs) And another placement I really like to look at is the North Node and the South Node. I feel like I've been really drawn to this lately as the North Node tells us more about our purpose in this lifetime. And the South Node tells us more about what we could have been in a past life and old habits that we want to move away from. So my North Node is in Capricorn in the 5th house. My South Node is in Cancer in the 11th house. So my North Node being in Capricorn and in the 5th house. So the 5th house is ruled by Leo. And the 5th house is all about fun, play, self-expression, romance. And I was like, isn't that crazy that literally my life purpose in this life is to play. is to prioritize play and fun. And combining that with Capricorn, I truly feel like my purpose is to turn one of my passions, to turn what I'm very passionate about into a business because Capricorn is a sign of business. It's about being a boss, having authority, being like a hard worker. That's what Capricorn is all about. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, that literally makes so much sense and why I feel like all my life I wanted to merge my passions with my career. And when I realized my North Node placement, I was like, this makes so much sense to me. And then combining it with the relationship to my South Node Cancer in the 11th house. So your South Node is always the opposite of your North Node. South Node Cancer in the 11th house I was reading up on this and just listening to my intuition and it made so much sense to me because I realized it means to not being so defensive about what other people think about my interests because the 11th house is about our aspirations. It's ruled by Aquarius. It's about our friends, organizations, society. So I feel like this could also mean that I need to not put so much energy into like the the certain relationships that I meet online sometimes which made so much sense because the 11th house also rules technology so 
me being frustrated at all these comments I'm getting online, it's actually a lesson for me to not put so much energy into that. To not be so frustrated about it, to not take it so personally. We know how cancers can take things very personally if they're unevolved. And that's a lesson that I have to learn. And I really need to focus on just building my passions into a business. I also have a lot of Virgo placements. As you guys know, I talk about it a lot Virgo moon, Virgo rising. My first and second house are in Virgo. And I think a lesson for Virgos especially is to not be afraid to make mistakes. Virgos have this tendency to strive for perfection because they're the, the, they're the sign of the virgin. They want purity. They want perfection. But in this lifetime, it's all about trial and error. The more we make mistakes, the quicker we learn. And I feel like this is like a constant lesson for me as I go through life. I was also burnt. I was also burnt. I was also born during Mercury retrograde. And I feel like it's funny that I said that word wrong. We're like in the shadow period right now for Mercury retrograde. And people who are born during Mercury retrograde can have a tendency to really want to edit their words before communicating, or they kind of like go over it and overthink a lot before speaking things out loud, before communicating. And I do find myself having that tendency sometimes. And it's important to find a balance. You know, it's it's good to, you know, think about what you're going to say before saying it. But also, if I'm spending way too much time on it, then I know that that's an issue. And I know that nothing is nothing is going to be perfect. You know, I can do my best to communicate what I want to communicate. But I feel like most of the time, it's important to focus on your energy more so than the actual words that you're speaking. So that's what I look for in my chart to really help me understand myself more. And this is what I do with my clients as well. I like to have a conversation with them and kind of let them know what I'm seeing, but also ask what resonates for them. Because I truly feel like learning about astrology is also a practice of listening to your intuition. Sometimes I see a lot of questions on my social media where people are asking me, I have this in my chart, is this what it means? And then I ask them, what do you think it means? Because I'm not here to dictate your life. Astrology is not here to dictate your life or give you permission or tell you what to do. You know the answer. So look at astrology to give you some ideas and then ask your own intuition what it means for you. If you read a certain article online or if you go to a certain astrologer and they say something that doesn't resonate with you, you don't need to receive that. You don't need to receive anything that doesn't speak to you because ultimately your intuition is going to know what's best for you. And I talk about this all the time in my programs and with my clients. So I hope that this gave you more insight on how you can use your astrology chart to gain more clarity. If you do enjoy the podcast, make sure to take a screenshot of whatever episode you are listening to, share it on your stories and tag me so that I can re-share it. Thank you so much, and I shall chat with you guys in the next episode. Love you all. Bye.